0: Want a job where you can use your talents, make a difference, and have the freedom of remote work? Then meet Belay. Belay has contractor opportunities for proven professionals, providing administrative support and social media strategy to fast-paced organizations throughout the United States, all from your home. To learn more, just visit belaysolutions.com jobs to apply. That's B-E-L-A-Y solutions.com jobs. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Please play responsibly. You're listening to Smart to Death Radio.
2: Hey, everybody. It's the interview queen, Alicia Toot here, and you
0: are currently listening to and obviously enjoying Queen's Court. everyone. Welcome to another episode of Queen's Court with your girl, the Queen of Ennie right here on Smark to Death Radio. And it's been a minute. I took a little bit of a break and it was wonderful. And I thought, what better way to come back than by doing one of my favorite series on Queen's Court, Queenie Suggests. So we're going to talk about this person's favorite topic, which is himself. So it's so exciting. <laughs> just kidding. It's not super vain. I just was making a little, little fun. But he's the man, the myth, the legend, the coolest bird creator out there. <laughs> of course, I'm talking about the one and only Fowl Original. Fowl, welcome to the castle. How are you?
2: I'm very well and thank you in advance. Like last time I came on, like I had a rider, you got it all ready. This time again, absolutely fantastic. No no brown M&Ms. I was very very impressed.
0: Well, listen, I pay attention. I listen. <laughs> I don't <laughs> put just everyone fouls, so, you know. You're special.
2: And I feel very blessed. Thank you. Thank you.
0: <laughs> well, I'm super to have you here for this series you know it's just getting to know Fowl a little bit more for the listeners here at smart to death radio and learning about all the wonderful things that you do we have so much to talk about and a lot to dive into but i really want to start with you personally before we dive into all the great content you produce let's talk about Fowl. so what what kind of got you into the wrestling twitter wrestling in general what was it that made a younger fowl perhaps if it's been a long time decide that wrestling yeah. was something you're interested in
2: so um so like when it comes to wrestling wrestling's been a part of my life since probably about like four like four-ish like as um as, an, as a content creator that's so i'm asian now over in the uk that means so in the us it would normally uh mean like uh Like oriental americans but over here in the uh, united kingdom asian tends to mean like people of pakistani descent um indian descent um and that kind of area and so like within that community when i was younger we watched a lot of wrestling and like (laughs) it was like 90s videotapes so it was um all like coliseum home video stuff um and we'd be watching that like on vhs like four or five. Um, And I just fell in love with like, WCW was kind of my first like proper watching, but I fell in love with the over the top characters. It was of that time. It was of like late eighties, early nineties. And I just loved it. But I, I, even now, like I get this kind of like younger foul feeling and it's like five, six year old foul going, yeah. Like every time I see like a really cool spot, like the inner version of me just comes out. and yes getting into like content creation um i I think in a way i kind of always have kind of done that Mm -hmm. um like in my own little way like someone joked with me once like back in the back in the late 90s i used to make like radio uh, radio shows on video like sorry video cassette on audio cassette like i had like a boombox set up and i used to like do like a weekly show where I talked about, <laughs> like, just for me, uh, it was like a weekly show where I talked about things that were going to be in the TV guide that week. Um, and it was like I learned how to dub over myself because I'd say stuff and then realize my mom might want to listen to this. And I was like <laughs> nine or 10. And like so like <laughs> certain sections. I can remember one in particular where I was talking about the TV show La Femme Nikita. Um, mm-hmm and i was like reading a guide and i was like la femme nikita that sounds like it would be a, a saucy adventure i was probably like about 12 or 13. so then i had to re-record it and it went from Lefem nikita that seems like a very wholesome show <laughs> like so uh let out of myself but wrestling has always been there and like in 2000 when it was massively big over here in the united kingdom again um I fell in love with it again, and I kind of, like, it was cool to be a wrestling fan in the year 2000, 2001, um, again. So, here in the UK, I kind of really, like, reached, like, I was in the rock, like, I'd go into rock as well, and, like, so rock and wrestling in the late, like, in the early 2000s, they kind of came together for me, and uh, it was always there, but it was always, like, the little secret, like, you kind of... Everybody knew I liked wrestling and in college, so college like 16-ish, my, I used to have the nickname Mick Foley because I had like <laughs> long, very unkempt hair, uh, like a big stupid beard. I used to read his autobiography, um, have a nice day. Like I had it in hardback and I used to do like really stupid stuff. So like we do like wrestling matches and stuff in college, like Royal Rumbles and stuff. And I was known to just do whatever, like just take stupid bumps. And I was a big kid. So, um, I got into the content creation side of it, just to kind of skip it ahead. Um, That would be in 2016. Mm -hmm. And I was really influenced by people um, on YouTube more so than anything else. And very similar to this kind of conversation that we're having, I felt that the best equalizer for me um, was to just use my voice, because here in the UK, I don't sound like a stereotypical anything. So... Mm. And, like, a lot of people have said that to me. It's like, where are you from? And because, like, I watched a lot of, like, Sesame Street. Like, I watched a lot of American Imports when I was a kid. I was brought up on Americana um, with a bit of a British twist. So I relate more to Elmo than I do to, like, the Y-Bird from play sure. Okay. And that's a very British thing. But I, I would, like, relate more to the Snuffleupagus than I would to, like, I not know, Rosie, Rosie, this will be for the British listeners, but like Rosie, roll up and ride on Rosie. Like Rosie is uh, a wonderful machine, like a spinning top thing in a TV show over here. And she's like a sentient merry-go-round. So like, I like the Snuffleupagus more than I like that. And okay. it just means that I have really weird influences and draw from different places. Sure, yeah. But getting to 2016, I started Foul, as something where I was inspired by Wrestlemania, who is a great guy recently did an amazing thing for me. I wanted to give him a personal shout out, very nice human being. Um, And I was influenced by him, uh, wrestling Brian Zane from Wrestling with Regret, and all of those great content creators. And I was like, I want to do this. So I did. I bought a £10 microphone, uh, which I still use now. um, And I just did it on my laptop. And it was it was at the end of so it was it was 2016 but it was the end of a very 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 my first really serious relationship mm-hmm. and because it was, it became a bit of a, uh, a crux in our relationship because it was like, I really like wrestling and I want to do this stuff. And yes, I'm going to spend three hours every Monday night between 1am and about 4-ish not in bed, but sitting on the sofa watching TV. Uh, and there's nothing you could do about that because I love the wrestling. And um, <laughs> it was, she was very understanding and like towards the and like, so Fowl was born literally at the end of that. So um, it's Co- wrestling content creation. I got back into when I came to wrestling Twitter. So I went off and did loads of other stuff, and there could be just hours spent on just everything else that I did. But I was on Periscope, did a lot of live streaming. Found wrestling Twitter, um, in twenty eighteen. So it'd be like June twenty eighteen. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually just actually just after Mania, so like Mayish, and I was looking for a community on YouTube. It's you're very much in a sea of like you're adrift in a sea because mm-hmm. no one in the YouTube content community, everyone's very skeptical about helping other people. So you tend to get a lot of like, subscribe to my channel and do this, but there's no real connection. And it all seems very businesslike, but here on wrestling Twitter, it's a totally different animal and I'm absolutely in love with it. And I fell in love with it back in 2018. It's, you can have a conversation with anyone, and the, leving, the the playing field is leveled, so it doesn't matter if you've got like a million followers or mm. 10 followers, everyone has a voice. And I found that to be really, really attractive. And so, um, yeah, I hit wrestling Twitter in 2018 and then just made a nuisance of myself for the next six months <laughs> <laughs> until, until people started paying attention. And then yes. people did. People did. <laughs> yes.
0: That's how I found you through that. So there you go.
2: <laughs> it grew yeah.
0: for you, I feel like. And I think it's such a cool story about how you got here and, and what, you know, what you're up to now, which we're definitely going to talk about later. But I guess back to the earlier days for you, what, what were some things that like you loved the most? Maybe people or uh, matches or events that you really enjoyed not only watching but covering?
2: Okay, well, like, that's the really cool thing, again, like, about, like, looking back at the story with Hindsight 2020, like, it, like, this, this is a milestone moment, like, this conversation that we're having, which will mm-hmm. form part of the fabric of what will go on to be the history of, like, of what I've done, of this other yeah. person that I've, like, that exists outside of me, um, foul. like, in, when I was, I was kind of trying to, as I said, trying to find my space and find my place within the family of like wrestling Twitter because it is a family. Like some people hate each other. Some people are the cousins that you don't invite to particular events, yes. but <laughs> you go and meet them in the park every now and then and you're like, come on, like why would you say that? Uh, like you wear sunglasses and you wear like a dark trench coat and you go meet them. But like <laughs> I think that wrestling twitter for me in 2018 i was trying to make a name for myself so on youtube my focus was to get my youtube subscribers up and i was at like 200 300 subscribers and i was like okay i'm making really cool i think it's cool stuff but people aren't seeing it so my plan was to go to to a physical event so the plan was, I was like basically gonna kind of like, like have you heard of the story about uh, Steven Spielberg and like the infamous story of how he just commandeered an office one time as a kid? Yes,
0: I I have heard that story. Yes.
2: So that so that was the plan. Yeah, oh. I was just gonna, yeah, like my <laughs> yes. plan, Yeah, I was like, I was like, okay, the whole like fake it till you make it. So I was yeah. like, okay, so plan is I will uh, I will turn up to an event. And Olga was foul. So the event that I went to was a burning hammer festival. Um, and I can talk about it now because back then I was a bit like, Ugh. but so I'll go to this. So I see this event and like they pushed it out on Twitter and this is now May, May, 2018. And I'm like firing, I've started the weekly wrestling recap. So I've started doing this weekly show. I'm learning a little bit more about like what I can do technically. And I'm like, let's take it on the road. So, um, burning hammer film festival was a wrestling film festival and i'm like this sounds amazing it was in london doubly amazing um they were doing like obviously this might be a bit bit bad now but they were doing a documentary about progress um and you may have seen the documentary it's called this is progress it's a really good documentary um and the guy that was making it he um did like a patreon as part of it was patreon kickstarter and one of the parts of the kickstarter um uh tears, rewards, was that they put the the film on somewhere and you could all turn up. So I was like, this is gonna be massive. Like, this is gonna be amazing. It was like $100, like hundred pounds for an early bird ticket, slap my early bird ticket down before anybody else. I'm all like a flutter, hearts all a flutter. Like I I leave work, um, all excited. I go to London, go and stay with my little brother who lives in London. And he was like, I'll put you up because you shouldn't have to pay like stupid London prices. <laughs> I, I, go, I, I go to the first event and it's like a panel on equality and wrestling and stuff, and I'm like, this is my element. I'm like VIP, I got my VIP yes. lanyard and stuff, yeah, yeah. Like, and I, I sit down, I got my stuff, and then there are two other people in the room with me, and the panel outnumber me. And there are five people on the panel and there are two people next to me. And I'm like, ah shit. I mean, oh poop. I just got swerved. And I realized at that exact moment that like I was one of only three people that had stumped up for this VIP package. And um they had cut a bunch of the events because this happened when NXT UK was just about to happen. Oh and okay. a whole bunch of the keynote speakers unfortunately couldn't turn up because the WWE were doing this big reveal of the performance centre in the UK. Oh, wow. So I literally got caught in the crossfire of that. So I turn up to see people like um, the mod Father. I can't remember his name now, but um, uh, he, uh, he was there, but he didn't turn up and a bunch of people didn't show. Now, I didn't really care because I was like foul original running around giving out my business card to people. Like I met like Vicky Haskins, Mark Haskins. Nice, I...
0: yeah.
2: And Vicky Haskins was so nice. Like I was sat down on my own somewhere and like all like, uh, she was like, do you like wrestling? i like to talk to you about wrestling. I was like, oh my God, it's Vicky Huskins. Um, and <laughs> uh, like I met um, quite a few people, TJ, uh, T. not TJ Parker. I met quite a few people there. It was really, really nice actually. But I realized I'd kind of got swerved, saw a really good film, had a really good time. They basically gave me an open bar. And at that point in 2018, I was like, okay, I need to go to events now. Um, at that time, that's when AEW started. And mm. I was like, cool. So I did a live stream for All Out, uh, all In, sorry, as yeah. I was doing these live streams. Really enjoyed it, had a lot of fun. And then I messaged Fight um, about, I didn't message them immediately, but I realized that like, maybe I could work with them. And it was trying to get to that next level. So 2018 was a concerted effort by me to get to 10,000 followers on Twitter because I wanted a pro wrestling tea store. I wanted like to work with fight. I wanted to work with brands. I was like, that's it. This is what I'm going to do, as well as doing my full time job. Um, and that took us to 2019, which is when then I was like, that's it. I'm going to start making a lot of noise and i hit um i hit the 10,000 followers i mm-hmm. did a did a live stream roundtable because again i wanted to push myself out and i the major thing is i wanted to challenge myself both technically and do things that people had never seen before do things that people maybe hadn't even thought of before like because i'm a content creator and i do like by trade i'm an ICT service engineer kind of thing so mm-hmm. I love computers. So if someone gives me a technical problem, that's way more interesting sometimes than the content that we're ever going to talk about. And so I'm like, I would rather spend three hours learning how to do it. And we could do this cool thing. Um, we did a round table. Uh, I met some great people at the time. So I did a round table with Conrad from Everything Pro Wrestling, mm-hmm. um, Omega Luke from um, Omega Luke, uh, podcast at the time, and Wilf from everything that he's doing and we all came together and on that night i got to a thousand subscribers on youtube it was insane i was monetized a few weeks later and then obviously some other stuff happened which you then got involved in but, yeah. um, <laughs> I know, I know. but um but yeah like it was 2019 especially and in 2018 also actually i went to a um a games event as foul original uh and live stream like the whole thing it was egx here in birmingham um yeah and on my instagram there's a few photos of me doing that like i met like a massive plush spyro that was fantastic when i met the spyro when i gave him a big hug got someone to take a photo of me very happy about that um and i got to visit like the toy story 3 setup thing that they had And I got oh, wow. to live- it was like a Kingdom Hearts thing, so it was the Kingdom Hearts set so they had like the Keyblade, but the one in Andy's toy room. So there's a cheeky photo of me like <laughs> in his toy room holding the Keyblade. Um, but yeah, I just try to do anything. Like I come from, I, because there's so many different things that I've kind of tried my hand at over right. the years, like it's weird sometimes when people are like oh you can do that thing because i'm like i kind of always could but it was very scary to do that kind of thing and Mm -hmm. in 2019 the scariest thing i did was i started just inviting people onto what i call the hot take round table and i was like okay i am gonna get as many people from wrestling Twitter onto my show. And it was very stressful. It was very insane trying to like connect all the different time zones and sometimes potentially egos of people that came on the show. Um, but it was fun as hell. And it was such a great thing every week to be like, I'm doing this to explain to people at work. that The thing that I'm doing right now is messaging someone to organize a, a roundtable discussion that we're going to have. And it's a bit like, on wrestling yes on wrestling people still watch yes. <laughs> yes yes they still watch that yes they want to talk about it and yeah of i'm course. sorry yeah. But-, but yeah but yeah so that that's that's kind of where we came to at that point and that's kind of wrestling and now i feel like such a part of wrestling to it like it's so like i feel like part of part of the furniture like but um- <laughs> Yeah, right.
0: you're the the you're in the if it, it was like a, a room, right? A big party room, and we have an open bar, and we have a couple couches, you know what I mean? And and Fowl, you're in there. So I, I guess really what I'm curious about is right now, right? This awesome history that you have, and you've had so many wonderful things that you've been doing and working on and creating. I feel like 2020 has been really cool for you, because from from mm-hmm. my standpoint on the outside, right? Getting to watch all these fun things that you've been putting out. And it's Mm. new and it's different and it's exciting and it's super fun to watch. I got to know, like, what it's like creating all this new stuff that you're doing. I mean, we have beautiful covers of wrestling songs and all of this really cool stuff and and foul radio. Like, tell me all about that.
2: So, so, yeah, that's that's kind of the story of this year. I wrestling. Yeah. And thank you. Like, it's it's been it's been so weird, like. It's been really weird. Like my my whole life, I've tried to do things that sometimes go across against the grain, like they mm-hmm. go against the grain. And especially, as I said, like I'm Asian. So being of that kind of culture, there's certain um, expectations put on you. And I mean, it's probably relatable for quite a few people um, mm-hmm. in loads. Of, you know, the, the, the cultural like influence on what we do is very strong. So singing, for example, that was, there's a part, I, my, my gran, so my gran is really supportive. Now I'm the oldest grandchild and I'm one of the only people that can still speak her language. So she'll come to me and like, we'll have like, essentially like, essentially like a girly chat and mm-hmm. she'll like tell me, yeah, yeah. And she'll be I like, oh, so. I know, innit? I know. And but it's all tongue-in-cheek, and she can't do it with anyone else because they can't understand the nuance of her language. So, like, I, have, I had the best time with my grandma, wow. And she, it is she's so... And, like, she has seen some stuff, like her history and her life. Like, she's been through struggles. Like, she was a refugee. She saw, like, terrible, terrible things. And she's come here and... You know, she's been really strong and she's the matriarch of the family. And that's like something that happens a lot within our culture. And again, it's very similar to a few others. Um, and because of that, we've always listened and respected her. Mm-hmm. So when I stayed at hers for a bit at the end of 2016, I had like long kind of red hair and like going around stupid like pirate beard. And like because I was trying to get like famous on Periscope. And then I'm going around like jean short stuff and she hated it. Now, she was really pushing for me to uh, kind of go back. They call it revert. So you don't convert to my religion, you revert. So I was lost, and they were trying to pull me back. But, like, they, they couldn't get me back. But she was, uh, <laughs> I ain't coming back. But, like, she um, she really pushed for it. Now, she was really happy when I got there. So I can speak about the job I had before now. So the job I had before was I worked as an ICT, like, engineer for a local council so it was, um, so council over here is kind of like a small government organization. So if you think of like, if you think of like Pawnee from Parks and Rec, I essentially worked for that, like that kind of government institution. Um, and it was fun, but it's like work working for Pawnee, you ain't going to get paid any extra. And sometimes you're like, the thing that I'm doing feels like, counterproductive to Mm. society and life so anyway i'd been there for like four years and came to the end of december and i had been dangled this new job promotion for about 18 months now during that 18 months um it coincided obviously with everything happening on wrestling twitter so i was getting a massive amount of self-confidence and self-worth worth even the second i left work and then the second i got into work it was like okay quickly let's get out as fast as we can Mm. the Job promotion would have allowed me a lot more flexibility. It would have also shown that they had responded and reacted to what I was doing, like above and beyond. But no, I didn't. Now, the story that goes along with that, I didn't get the job. And the story that goes along with it is the interview was on a Thursday, Thursday morning. Now, for those of you that follow along with me normally, I do a watch along every Wednesday night for AEW. And I'd never missed one. I specifically missed that one so I could go to sleep, you know, properly, and go to work. And I remember telling my boss that, but I was told that I didn't have the job. On an hour before the Christmas party. So we're all about to go out on this big Christmas party and it's like, I get taken into this room. I already know I haven't got the job because I was taken in second and it's like part of the process within the council. The person who gets the job finds out first. So I already know I haven't got it. And I'm sat down and it's like, well, you know, you're a little too technical for this particular role. I'm like, "Uh, so I'm too smart for the job, basically is what you're saying. Cool, Uh, all right but again i understood and what it is it's like as a manager before now i understand you have to keep people of strength in certain areas and maybe move them later on but i had that was it for me i didn't go to the christmas party and i said you can tell people whatever you want but i'm gonna go home and drink which is what i did but when i went home um i had an epiphany and i was like i'm just gonna quit this job like what Why am I going to keep with this job? Because they promised me one 18 months ago and it's not going to happen. So anyway, we skipped to January and I told my kind of like middle management to my boss above me, I'm going to leave my job and she's like, I kind of figured you would. And I was like, you can tell my other boss, I'm going to leave. And uh, that's what I did. I handed in my notice in the middle of January and I was like, I'm out. They were like, do you have a job? And I was like, nope. And they were like, you sure? And I was like, yep. And I had to work out my notice. So I actually finished like kind of the start of February. And I was very bitter at the end. I was very pissed off. I was like, I, anyway, I left. And then the world happened. I was partic- I was going to get a contracting job. That was the plan. But I then realized that when lockdown happened, that I had like a very unique opportunity that I would never, ever, 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 ever have in life again. Um, I had a little bit of money. Funnily enough, for those who don't know, I funded some of this summer via Bitcoin that I had like stashed away somewhere, only a little Mm -hmm. bit. But that helped pay for some of the shenanigans the kind Mm -hmm. donations from people um some of the youtube ad revenue not a lot though obviously some of the kind patreons out there as well when that started but i was surviving and i didn't need a job now that's why i was able to do so many other things because where i was um i've moved rooms now but where i was i was having a bit of a bad time with one of the housemates being a bit loud and being a bit whatever but we were all going through our own lockdown what as we were going i then started doing video edits just after wrestlemania Mm -hmm. and i showed my little brother one because i was really down on myself like i have to be straight like during all that time i wasn't earning money i wasn't seeing any kind of progression i was seeing a lot of people saying that's great well done but That was great. Well done. And I'm like getting to a certain point where every month I was like, ugh, well, I'm going to have to sell this. Ugh, I'm going to have to sell this. And then something cool would happen in the middle of the month every single time. So the video edit, I put the video edit out and everyone loves it. And I'm like, okay, cool. So then I did the Minder one. Everybody loves it. Then I did some other ones and I was like, cool. And then I moved rooms. When I moved rooms, that's when I was like, it's a much larger room. I can play guitar now and I can kind of mess around. And it was at that point that I started doing songs, but I'd always been doing them. It's just, I felt that, again, I was down that night and like, I, you can see it in the video. It's like me just sitting there with the guitar, don't even put the lights on. I look like, it's, I look like it's a bad time. And I'm just like, let me play this song, the Jericho one, uh, the Judas one. And I was like, it's gone out. But, People, he loved it, like Rich Ward loved it. When Rich Ward loved it, that's what really then hit home for me. I was like, oh, my God, this is the guy that wrote the song. Okay, shit, like, uh, Jericho (laughs) is Jericho, but the guy that wrote the song actually likes it as well. And then he said that on Insta, and then, obviously, from that point, and I work kind of fast- So, like, if I see something that I want to do, if there's no technical limitation to me, I want, like, I'm very focused in, especially these past few months, it's been a less of, will they like it and more, can I do it? And with that mindset, it means I can do anything. So, I'm like, okay, cool. It doesn't matter. So, I put the first one out. And then I, the next morning I was almost addicted to playing guitar again. And I was like, Oh, okay, cool. This I'll do one more. Then I did another one. (laughs) Then I realized, then I did another one. And it was really making me happy. Like that I was able to do this for Mm -hmm. an audience that were responsive and so I did all five and I did six of them in the end. And then I then I had a job interview <laughs> and because I was like, I'm gonna, have to roll, I'm gonna have to wrap it up because I'm, like, I can't do this anymore. And then I had a job interview, which I luckily got. So then I did, and that was again, a massive like weight off my shoulders lifted. Um, but the music, oh God, that has been the, that's the most of all the things that I've done, of all the things that I've done, that's the most personal to me. Like that's the one that if everything else failed, I wouldn't care. But if this one did, I kind of would Sure. more so because it's so much it's me. Like the music is the most stripped down version of me. Right. No technology. It's just literally the, a little crappy microphone and that's it. Like I live and die on whatever I'm putting out of my mouth and out of the guitar. And, um, it means that I don't get a chance to overthink it. Like, and I just do it and if people like it. They like it. If they don't, whatever, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, you want them to like it, of course, but if they don't, oh, then that's yeah. fine. Everything's not for everybody. And that's totally cool. But I guess, you know, as we're kind of winding down here, um, what's, what's been your favorite, um, musical cover, that you have put out and then Mm -hmm. I would love to know what one piece of advice you would give to people who are maybe just starting in content creation or have been for a while but want to kind of hustle like you have
2: Mm -hmm. um so um I've got a few more that are coming up um like that I'm trying to work on but my favorite that I put out and like It's the one that I didn't think I'd get a response to at Mm -hmm. all because it was the most, like, that's the most me singing of all of them. And that's Metalingus. Like, I... Because when I did... that was connected to last earlier on this year, um, I retweeted out someone that did a gospel version of um, Judas, And the next song she was going to do was Metalingus. And I was like, "That's great. You do that because I was too scared to do my version. Mm-hmm. And so that was one of the last ones I did because I wanted to show my range, and mm-hmm. it seemed to res- like people responded to it best. So I loved that one. Um the version I just put out on my Twitter of Pokemon theme, because, like, I love Pokemon. And it's just the first, set, it's just, like, the first bit. It's the first verse, but I really like that. And um, the uh, <laughs> the version I did of the Minder theme, because Bang Bang were really asking for it. And I was like, you know what? Yeah, like, I'll just whip out, like, a minute song for him. And I had so much, I laughed the whole way through it. Um, but. Of one of the ones onto my patreon um, it's probably you know my name uh, by Chris Cornell um, because like it was tough to get through it um, I don't know why don't know why but it was really good and I really liked it like there's a little bit of work I need to do on it but um, but yes those are my favourites so far um, and then a little bit of advice I guess for content creators starting out like I've seen a lot of people out there that are Like, they're trying to be something that they're not, like, Mm. and I think that, I think that following, like, it's, it's a weird kind of dichotomy, and I say this to people about my brand, because my brand is me, I come from, and I think yourself as well, and I think we're similar in the sense that, like, we came from a time when, like, it was more about the individual. So mm. it's more about yourself and your own personal viewpoint on something, um, as opposed to always just following everybody else. Um, you kind of cut your own path. And what I say to people is just be yourself. Now, if you have a strong viewpoint on one side or the other, that's fine. But I say be yourself, but also be respectful, because like it's really, really easy to tear things down. Like, it's really easy um, right. but it's really hard to build people up like to give them that confidence um, I say to like starting content creators doesn't matter how big the person is like they could they could have millions and millions of uh, subscribers they could have millions and millions of followers they're still human at the core right. and like a, a constant like, barrage of kind of trying to garner attention from someone by being being negative there's being negative there's being critical that's a whole other thing but just constantly then that isn't the way to be healthy and that isn't the way to live and so my main advice is just find something that you enjoy if Mm. it relates back to wrestling great if it doesn't Follow that path for a little bit. I took two years doing random live streams on Periscope where I showed people. I did mukbang, like you know. <laughs> that, that, this is what I'm saying, yeah. It doesn't mean that that was just me. Like right. there's there's layers to everyone. And if you're if some if you put something out is what I say to Bill. If you put out like a, a you singing a song and there's no response to it. There's no likes. There's no nothing. There's no whatever don't be disheartened by that, because it doesn't mean that they didn't like it. It's just that some people are also following the herd. So they might not like it until someone else has liked it. And Mm. we're constantly just striving for our little shot out here. And as I say to everyone, you know, we're all working together, like content creators of all different varieties will work together on stuff. And it's just reach. It's reaching out to people and speaking to them on a level which you would like to be spoken to. I think that's the major advice I would give to people.
0: I think that's excellent advice. And I have had such a great time listening to you tell these stories and just share a little bit of Fowl with me and with everyone here on Smart to Death Radio. I think it's super special. You have a wealth of knowledge And you're one of the kindest people I know. Whenever I had an issue, I know I could always DM you and say, hey, Fowl, can you help me with this? Because I don't (laughs) understand it. You're super generous with your time. And I think that that's a wonderful thing. And I wish more people uh, would be as kind and welcoming as you are. So I think people can take that as a lesson. Um, And I hope Mm -hmm. that, they enjoyed listening to you today. I know we could go on for hours about so many other things <laughs> that is going on, but what I'd love for you to do now is just let the people know where they can find all of this great content that you create.
2: Sure. Now, thank you, Queen. And as as you've just said, you are, you are also one of the kindest people, most supportive people out there The that- You know you don't get a lot of credit for it like you are very very it's nice and nice people like i found this this week is if you put niceness out into the universe it will come back to you so Mm. you know it's and it's just nice to have like a nice little chin wag um without (laughs) without the drama, without (laughs) the drums isn't it without the drums but yes (laughs) let's let's put put myself over so do um, it yes Thank you. So, uh, so yeah, I'm Foul Original. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Foul underscore original. Um, you can also find Wrestling With Coffee volume one by saying that into your Alexa. Like, I don't know what happened, but you have to say Alexa, actually you might do it there. You have to say Alexa, play Wrestling With Coffee volume one. And then it will say my name and stuff. And then that wow. was very shocking. So cool. I know it. Like <laughs> it literally says "Wrestling with Volume" "Copy Volume One" by Foul Original, and I'm like, "Oh my god!" So um you can—it's everywhere. I just—this program is just insane. But. um you can go check that out on all streaming applications by going to bit.ly slash wwc one launch um it's like got all the different places spotify and all that so if you can buy it that really helps you can go check out my patreon.com slash foul original um for just one dollar starting one dollar tier you will basically get all my stuff because that's how i run um and there is a some album art for wrestling with coffee there's some exclusives that i'm putting out there as well and you also get your, your name up at the end of some content and it will really help me out uh, and also you can check out my youtube channel where i do watch alongs and I've, i'm gonna kind of start doing a lot more documentary based stuff so nice. come check out youtube yeah because i like it like i really enjoy it like, I, I i think i enjoyed that way more than some of like the live stuff that i'm doing um so I'm going to start wrapping into that, and I've had a really good response to it. So I'm doing a TNA series about aces and eights, which is still ongoing. There's a TNA series, and then there's one about wrestling video games. Um, I'm also on Twitch now a little bit more, uh, twitchtv original because Surgeon Simulator two people, Boston of Studios people, awesome folks, like gave me a beta key for it, and then they watched me struggle for like two hours. Um, thanks guys. Um, but also. So I've got skater Excel coming up. There's loads of stuff. Go check out my Twitch and um, dank. I think that's it. I think. I think, I think go <laughs> I think check out. It. Go, go check out my Instagram where I attempt to be a model. That's the other one as well. Like, I'm attempting to be a model slash emo my stories. Like, check my stories out. And that is basically like 15-year-old Fowl just sitting there going, like, oh, look, oh, look, it's another song by Placebo that means so much to me, but only in 15-second bursts. Um, like, as a stare into the middle distance. Uh, go check those out as well, please. Instagram.com slash Fowl Original. And yeah, as Queen mentioned, Radio Fowl, which is broadcasts every now and then-ish. So, 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 yeah, I oh, don't no, radio, file, file radio. You got it right, I got it wrong. When I feel I get it right, <laughs> just go check it. Just go to my link tree and just look yes. at the link tree, and then things are right on there because I could do that right. The words, they don't come so easy though.
0: Sometimes they don't, but that's okay because <laughs> I linked them. I've linked them so they can just scroll down this podcast episode and click all your stuff. And of course they can follow you on Twitter and, and click the link in your bio and you're all set there. So, um, Foul, thanks so much again for joining me today for this lovely, lovely dive into a Fowl original. So I appreciate your time and for everyone listening, please enjoy the rest of your day and continue to be kind to one another.
1: Ho, 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 you know, as different as everything seems this holiday season, one thing still holds true year after year. Everybody loves holiday scratch-offs from the Ohio Lottery. And with tickets available from $1 to $20, they're the perfect gift for anyone on your list 18 years or older. So, stay safe this year and play it safe with your gift-giving. Give scratch-offs from the Ho, ho, ho Ohio Lottery.